You're listening to Radio Kurdistan, podcasting from the towns at the foot of Mount Sinjar, northern Iraq. This week, fighting has broken out all over the region. The extent of the actions, the meaning of these attacks, is still unclear. But you wouldn't know that from watching the news in the West. The Turkish government has launched airstrikes against 13 known targets of the Kurdistan Workers' Party, or PKK, in retaliation for an attack that's said to have killed at least 15 soldiers. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan says he has been saddened by the attack and promised a decisive response. This is a typical news report, which is quoting only Turkish government sources. In press conferences here, I've not seen any mainstream media here to ask the people of the invaded country what they think. And further, no one is reporting what the townspeople heard and saw in Sinjar at the same time as the Turkish attack. You see, while Turkey tries to describe their invasion as a simple cross-border airstrike against terrorists, another plan is unfolding, far away from the newsrooms, here in Sinjar. So at 5.30, mm-hmm. I went studying on the village side. Uh-huh. Over there, probably it was around 6 when I heard gunshots. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it was, I think, Iraqi army and Asaish. How many, uh, how many bullets do you think did you hear? I don't know. It was like... Uh, it was a lot. It was machine guns and also grenade, also other stuff. Uh, wow. Like a normal, like AKM. A local journalist was brave enough to get close to the action to record uh, this gunfire. But since this differs from Turkey's narrative, this journalist, of course, will remain anonymous. At this point, the Iraqi army is attacking several points of the town's defenses, both checkpoints and bases, disrupting years of uneasy peace in Sinjar. I just got here, and I have arrived at a very inopportune time. For years, the Iraqi army has been working together with the town's defenses, who are organized as the YBS and the women's YJS. They have gotten along with the town's self-organized police force, the Asayish, until now. While I am here, I volunteer with the town's health committee. Being a medical volunteer makes sense for me because I'm a New York EMT and I've served on ambulances in New York City for about a year. Yazidis have not only organized for their own defenses, they have organized for their own clinics and hospitals to look after the health of the community. Throughout history, the idea of a revolution is that the revolution provides wherever the government fails. But instead of training health workers and doing screenings like I plan to do, the shooting war takes priority. And so we've been on high alert to do first aid and patient transport in case of casualties. So now you might be wondering, who are these protection forces I keep talking about? How did they come about? Later, I'll give you a long and fascinating history, but for now, I will be brief, or as brief as possible. The Yazidi townspeople have a kinship with the Kurdish people of the region. Now, the first thing you have to understand is that 
Millions of Kurds are part of a revolutionary democracy movement, which seeks to unite the Kurdish lands under one identity known as Kurdistan. Kurdistan spans northeast Syria, what the map calls northeast Syria, as well as northern Iraq, southern Turkey, and southern Iran. Kurds have been oppressed, stripped of their language, and denied their rights under the central governments of these countries. By uniting as one people, the Kurds have learned to fight back. Now, you might have guessed that the governments of Syria, Iraq, Turkey, and Iran don't like the idea of Kurdistan. They fear that a new nation of Kurdistan will be born and take huge swaths of territory away from them. But the Kurdish revolution sees it differently. Under the leadership of revolutionary leader Abdullah Öcalan, the Kurds take a conciliatory approach. They do not want to create a Kurdish state. In fact, they are anti-state. Instead, they believe that Kurdistan can live in harmony with the states, but thrive as a loose confederation of democratic communities that cross state lines. Along with the confederation idea, Ocalan has an entire social philosophy based on communal discussion, decentralized authority, and women's liberation. Now, let's get back to Sinjar with the original question, which is, how did these defense militias, the YBS, uh, the YJS, and the Asaish come about? The answer goes back to 2014. ISIS flooded into Iraq with the plan to rule the entire country. But when they came here, they had no intention of ruling the Yazidis. Remember, Yazidis have their own religion, so they are not Muslims. And so, based on the twisted philosophy of uh, Islamic jihadism, they could be treated less than animals. Both the Iraqi government and the Peshmerga government retreated in fear, leaving Sinjar defenseless against ISIS terror. Wherever ISIS could do it, they hunted the Yazidis down. They rounded them up, they killed most of the adults, and they kidnapped the women and girls to be sold as slaves. The best survey indicates that about 10,000 people were killed or kidnapped over the course of a few days in August 2014, almost 3% of the entire population. The dead had been shot, beheaded, or burned alive. Of those kidnapped, perhaps one-third are still missing. As the jihadists destroyed town after town, enslaving thousands, the Yazidis fled. They fled to Mount Sinjar, hiding in different gullies and crevices which the ISIS foreigners could not find. They defended the mountain passes. Thousands of Yazidis were on the move, hiking and fighting with little water under the desert sun. Many old and infirm townspeople died on the trails. There was no time to bury them. But in the legends told by the Yazidi people, one force came to their rescue, a small contingent of fighters from the Kurdish revolution just a few kilometers to the west in northeastern Syria, which in the vernacular of the Kurdish revolution is known as Rojava. 
These Rojava fighters of the YPG brought reinforcements and weapons. They trained and organized the Yazidis and showed them the revolutionary idea that they can both fight for themselves and think for themselves. While ISIS saw women as mere objects to be bought and sold, the Yazidi women themselves began to take up arms and fight for their community. ISIS was driven out just over four years ago. It's, it's not a long time. I have talked to dozens of Yazidis, many of whom are not even connected with the revolution. And they all tell me the same story. The YPG, YBS, and YJS saved their towns from ISIS when the Iraqi army ran. Fast forward to today. YBS, YJS, and the Asais are recognized, like so many militia across Iraq, to have rescued the country from ISIS. And because of that, the protection forces of Sinjar actually receive a budget from the Iraqi government. Yeah, that's right. The revolutionary forces are so important to a region's security that they actually get government salaries. Nevertheless, as I speak, the Iraqi army has been attacking them with rifles, grenades, and machine guns. The Iraqi government is now claiming that the YBS is affiliated with the Kurdistan Workers' Party, or PKK. Turkey considers the PKK to be a terrorist group. So now the Iraqi government is saying that the YBS and the protection forces are terrorists, and therefore the Iraqi army is justified to attack them. So let's figure this out. The, the protection forces who liberated the Yazidi towns are terrorists, even though they draw government salaries to protect the Yazidi people, and they can be fired on by Iraqi soldiers who also draw the same government salaries and are supposed to be defending Iraq's sovereignty from a foreign aggression. But they started firing on the protection forces on the same day as the real foreign aggressor, Turkey, is invading northern Iraq, suggesting that the Iraqi army is coordinating their attacks with Turkey's attack. Why is the Iraq army trying to eliminate the town's defenses? And what does this mean for these townspeople and their revolution? Will the revolution survive? Please follow us and subscribe to Radio Kurdistan.